psychotropic drug. Psychotropic drug. Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through and are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yes, the, um, the greatest space station show. Okay. <laughs> the, the greatest uh, show with two space stations. Ooh, right, right. Well, they went to another one where Eddington was last. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. But I mean, these are like twins. These are yes, yes, they are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys, and Hugh Crawford. Hey, how how we doing? I'm doing okay. I don't know how y'all are doing, but I hope you're doing well. I'm fine. I'm rested. All right. <laughs> All right. I made a lovely consomme this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first time I've ever made anything fancy in French. Oh, yeah. So, Do you just uh, make one of those and just like let it sit there and for use? No, you have to. Well, yeah, I just want to consomme. I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to put $20 worth of ingredients into a pot of soup <laughs> that was clear. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it was fine. I just wanted to do it. Uh-huh. Hey, huh. I watched the documentary about someone making it, or not like a, a video about someone making right. it. And I was like, "Fuck that, I'll do it." <laughs> you watched the thing on YouTube, is what you're saying? I did. <laughs> I, I watched it on not YouTube, and then something on YouTube about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. You saw it on Vimeo and said, "Let me go to YouTube and see what they got." <laughs> yeah, I went to the fancy, fancy YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, enough about consume. We're talking about. Are you sure you want to get off consume? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm I don't know about you. I have a feeling you might prefer to talk about consomme for an hour. No, this is this is fine. We're cool. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about an episode called Impact Nor, right? Yes. This episode is episode 24 of season 5. And here is a rather short IMDb description. Oh, this also originally aired on May 19th, 1997. Okay, here's the description. While salvaging components from DS9's sister station, the crew run afoul of a, quote, surprise, end quote, left behind by the Cardassians. Um, I think we're really split on this episode, and I've watched it a second time today, and I think I have like was able to pinpoint what's wrong with it and what's good with it. But let's start with you guys and see what, what are your overall feelings about this episode. I also watched it a second time today, and I, I think I'm with you. I think I could pinpoint what I thought was good and what I was not as good probably uh, my favorite thing about it is that and you just brought it to my attention is i think this aired on the day i graduated high school <laughs> oh shit because it was a friday show right yeah yeah oh i think this and I think this that could explain why you you missed you didn't you didn't, I didn't end up <laughs> I, uh, yeah i got no no i uh I, I loved graduating high school leaving high school was great i mean <laughs> Wade was a year behind me, so I left him a year yeah. behind. Yeah, and then you were too cool to hang out with us with all your college <laughs> friends. And- yeah. <laughs> this this particular episode was um, a kind of a throwback to the original series where you have 
Um, the Doomsday Machine, where you've got Matt Deckard, where Kurt goes on to the other starship mm-hmm. that's really just the Enterprise set with lights turned out. <laughs> yeah. And yes. that, that's sort of the television uh, lineage. That's where it kind of descends from. It's a cheap, good way to make a show. Yeah. This is also Brian Fuller's second story that he's sold to Deep Space Nine? No, yeah. Sort of, but if you read the story that he sold, it's pretty unsimilar. Yeah, I figured. His original pitch, uh, the story involved Worf and Garrick. They were in a runabout. They came across a derelict ship. They boarded, and it turns out to be a vessel which belongs to the Obsidian Order. And Garrick turns on Worf and says to kill him. And uh, Fuller compared this idea, because everybody's comparing this to another thing, is Blue Sunshine, which is a film I've never seen before or heard of before. Is that like a Russian movie or something? I'm looking it up. Not, I'm thinking of Solaris. No, it's, uh, oh my God, Debbie Reynolds Winters is in it. Um, oh, okay, so. I don't know who Debbie Winters is now. I, I, I don't No, I don't know. This is a Russian. big fucking who fucking seen this movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this ain't a. Well, this ain't. and that's the thing. Yes, it is sort of the 90s action trope of. You know, somebody's picking us off one, right, right. one yeah. by one. It's, a, it's alien or alien, yeah. yeah, yeah. But or the, or the thing, or yeah, it's or, yes. again to get back to Star Trek's lineage. That's how Star Trek started off. It's wagon train in space, right, right. So mm-hmm. it's always been Star Trek, and I think that's the problem. I think that the when you start with an idea, like when something's in its infancy, it's okay that it has DNA from something else, but you know, thirty years go down the road, you shouldn't have to keep on parting out other things for your story ideas. But I I guess you do if you have to do 28 episodes a season. Yeah, right, right. I feel like, and and also they had like one scene where it felt like they were trying to, we're going to do a little bit of Lower Decks thing from TNG where we introduce these people we don't know. And then it goes full horror movie and kills them off one by one. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I thought for the most part, it did, you know, oh, we're going to do a thriller episode where we do the horror thing. But then I got to a certain point and I was like, oh, third acts are tough. Third acts are tough. <laughs> yeah, third after. Well, yeah, and I, okay, so I went on a little text rant while we were watching this episode that I, I found this the boringest episode in the world. And I like, <laughs> yeah. I like throw a little baby fit on the text stream about this episode. I, and I kind of threw, kind of threw a fit too. And then <laughs> I watched it and said, well, okay, you're right at that one point. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know, like I, this is one of those episodes where every single part of it just feels too familiar. Well, plot-wise, though, what works, it, things unfold and, like, things move from one... Things unfold well, though, plot-wise. It's the character stuff that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's... See, for yeah. me, even the character stuff, like, it's a character episode about O'Brien... And we're talking about his whole soldier days and whether he's a soldier or he's an engineer. And that's kind of the thematic kind of thing they keep coming back to. And if someone wanted to make the point that that stuff. We have the same problem that we had last week, though, is where we have a bad guy lecture the good guy. And we clearly know the the good guy so well that er we know that everything the bad guy is saying is not true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And his lecturing stuff is pretty bad. And if we want to make the case that everything that happened between Garrick and O'Brien was tacked on. It's because it was. It was added <laughs> into the third script because Andrew Robinson rejected the script. Oh, really? He said he wanted more Garrick in it. Ooh. More interesting Ooh, are Garrick we getting, stuff. Are we getting some prima donna? I don't know, but then they had to go back and rewrite it, and Hans Bimler wrote that into the third draft of it. 
Huh. All of the stuff about Set Lake 3 and that fucking board game and like... See, I like some of those notes for the most part. And then... That could have worked if you actually used it to build internal conflict inside O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. But at no point do we actually think that that stuff is going to boil to the top. Like, we ne- we know that O'Brien... We know O'Brien really well. Yeah. We know yeah. he doesn't enjoy the soldier shit. It's true, yeah. It's the same, yeah. It's a, the villain. If there was some sort of internal conflict that, that they were somehow, like, teasing along, that he does have this, like, fucking Rambo side to him that he can give into at any moment, but he, like, holds on to, like, this family man engineer side yeah. that keeps him sane. Right, right. And that Garrick is teasing this Rambo shit out of him. And is he is he or isn't he gonna like give into it? But that that never happens. No, they kind of like burst their hands over doing that. Yeah, yeah. The whole point is Garrick saying like, "You are like this. You're really like this." And like, and O'Brien's just saying through the whole episode, "Boy, you be tripping." And at the end, his whole point is, "Boy, you be tripping." Right. And I like, like that, that. That's like the uh, evolved man of Star Trek, and it's true in but this. I kind of like that about it. That everybody thinks it like, "Oh, you humans have this, you know, this barbaric side." to you and and i i know you better than you know yourself and it's there under the surface and o'brien's like no seriously it's not i grew out of it i like that about this episode or, yeah it was just like war as hell like he was in the shit but now he's you, in the you shit? know mm-hmm. yeah I was in the shit. going wouldn't to, it be know. more interesting if the rage if the psychotropic drugs psychotropic <laughs> drugs <laughs> psychotropic <laughs> drugs would work on his <laughs> worked on o'brien and not garrick yeah it must be the psychotropic drugs. Where yeah, everything's coded to the Cardassian DNA and the fucking xenophobia. Yeah, or yeah. if it just turned everybody, if it turned everybody into Lord of the Flies, that would be more interesting. Yeah. Well, then it would have been full tilt TOS because yeah, yeah, there'd be the naked seed or whatever. That yeah. stuff was happening all the time. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that, that it, it was just like watching this episode was kind of like you know, like give me, give me something fun, give me because they clearly <laughs> put a more interesting plot. Uh, like yet again. Like I'm interested in the overall plot of the season and they put it on pause again. Yeah, they kind of did. Even this close at the end. I mean, like it's been on pause for like four weeks now. And we got a little bit closer last week. It's like, oh, wait a minute. They talked about it at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they talked about that they're in a pause. <laughs> but then this this happens and it was just kind of like, oh, oh, we're we're tripping on we're tripping on aliens or the thing. Oh, look, it's the rage monster. He's not really in control of its faculties. <laughs> He's killing people, but he'll be fine. Right. Well, they. I mean, that's not that's third act problems. It's like like that's kind of building to that, but like. It's mostly him killing the other Cardassians that are there. And then in the third act is when it turns up the knob to 11 and it's, oh, so overly dramatic. And I agree that the game is afoot. I'd even (laughs) argue that it's, I mean, there's some cliched lines in there, but I think I'd argue that the direction sells it almost worse than the script does because they were playing those lines as like dramatic hamsters. But yes, the psychotropic drug. Psychotropic drug. Yeah. And just like he turns into a Skeletor. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> now. <laughs> but I'm enjoying myself. This is the most exciting game I've played in years. Dirty Harry villain. I think he pointed. It and said. Do we like that they they went full? I guess post Vietnam 
uh, where they were where they're calling them spoonheads and shit. <laughs> I'm gonna kill these fucking spoonheads. Yeah. Oh, Car- hey, you wanna go? You wanna go kill a couple Cardies? <laughs> yeah. I hope they come after. And I like how my my subtitles had Cardies in parentheses and quotations. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like how that Amaro character. We just had a whole episode with. Eddington, and then we... He does look a lot like... Uh, we get a guy that, that was in the same casting session when they put Eddington oh in. Oh, yeah. You mean swarmy security dudes that are, like, white, skinny, balding? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's been at so many calls and said, oh, hey, Kenneth Marshall, how's it going? You're going to get this, aren't you? Because <laughs> you were a crow. Him and Kenneth Marshall were always showing up to the to the casting calls that called for a Matt Frewer type. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would. we need somebody to, like, somebody out there listening to cut up some of the Max Fisher dialogue with Bill Murray and Rushmore and put it in with the Noggin O'Brien scenes in this. No, wait. wait this <laughs> is why you've not been listening to the podcast. Wait, does it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I throw in, you were in the well, shit. Oh, with, with Max Fisher? Yes. Yeah. Were you in the shit? Done that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I was in the shit. <laughs> with O'Brien, but O'Brien and, and Nog? I haven't. Well, just, just whatever they talk about being in the shit. Were you in the shit? Yeah, like, yeah not, no, no, I'm comes talking up. about like dub it, like over the video. Oh, yeah. oh. I'm not talking about in our podcast. Like, okay, you could could have, you know, because they're having those very similar conversations. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Tell me about when you were in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um. Okay, yeah, I just yeah. We can do the whole episode, but it was just like every plot, plot, plot. It was like. This is the part where they do this kind of thing in a show. This is the part where they do this kind of thing in a show. I mean, and and that's where and that's through the whole thing. It's where it was into the where it was all of the you killed people, but it's okay at the end. Like so. right. Well, they, there's going to be an inquest, James. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, like the last time he did some bullshit, they had to sit, they had to put him in the penalty box. For <laughs> right. Because well, that season. wasn't a drug doing it. That was that was pure Garrick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was pure uncut Garrick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's right. He tried to blow up a planet, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just a <laughs> that's right. Light, just some light genocide. Like, it just seems at some point that Starfleet would just say, get that fucker off your space station. Well, and that's, you know what, he kind of, they kind of did, now let's give him a little bit of credit. They did kind of address that at the beginning of this episode, where he has that whole speech about, like, everybody is so fucking trusting of me, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, I like what this episode did. I mean, I don't the, the, like if we want to get through, I can bring up the points as we get through them, but we can do it fast, I guess. Oh, well, yeah. We, we, I mean, we can, I guess we have to treat this episode like a proper episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, everybody's going in for dinner at Quark's, but it's so loud. And we hear the, all the pipes and the banging and the drilling. And so she's not going to get her till a month froth. And they go to the Klingon restaurant. And uh, Nog is like, oh, you're so good at this, like my dad said. And then this brings up the kind of the thematic thing of the episode where he's like, I'm an engineer. It's what we do. Yeah. I'm an engineer. That's what we do. And then he gets the soda water shot in his face like a Three Stooges episode. Good as new. Amazing. <laughs> when did, um, are, are they trying too hard to make engineers sound like mechanics? Probably. An engineer is not like a lower class job, but it seems like they're trying to give O'Brien like the sort of veneer of like, um, I mean, like the the highest paid position in America outside of like, uh, like private practice doctors are 
are engineers, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they seem to like imbue it with some sort of like work, working class folk hero, like sort of. Right. That's well, what we do. That's what, that's we, do. what we do. We're Ford men, <laughs> like or something like that. You know, it, <laughs> right, it's, right. You're you're not like a, I mean, it's not like a union job. I mean, it's you're a scientist. <laughs> well, it's a lot like a union job in the Federation. But. We have everything's like a union, but you're like you're scientists. You're you're. But it seems like they they want to like that he's a mechanic. Is the, the yeah well with him in particular because he's you know he's the enlisted guy that didn't go to the Starfleet. I get yeah that's true. He learned it at set like three, and and being in the army and just having to like duct tape shit together to make it work. It's kind of they've said in previous episodes. And they do it. They make uh, O'Brien's a good character, but they that part of the character is improved by Ronald D. Moore in the chief in uh in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Cuz that guy's just the guy who he's literally just like a sh- like a battleship mechanic, you right. know. Yeah, there I mean, there's so much of Battlestar Galactica that takes these Star Trek characters and says, "What if we did this better?" Like yeah. I mean, the the guy yeah. that looks just like Bashir, the Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yes, the right. guy that looks like O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I I do but every now and then when I was like when I I'm an engineer, I was like my mom has a plant man that like all of her bosses are engineers yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, that, I know, I know, I know what kind of environment that, that they're not like, you know, so I, I, you're right, but it just seems like they're trying to give him in this some sort of, I'm just a simple right, right. tailor. Like, I mean, Garrick has a much more blue collar job right, right. than him. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, O'Brien's always been the meat and potatoes kind of guy, you know? Uh, but I, I feel like that, like, yeah, but they try to misappropriate. Uh, yeah, yes, you're right. And it works, but mm-hmm. it's weird. That would that one line just struck out at me. It's kind of weird because I don't right. view Jordy right, as particularly exactly. like a folk well, they hero. Had, they, it stuck out as weird because they have to, they had to cram it in at the, at the beginning. So it paid off at the end. So that they could pay off at the yeah, end. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah. that's why it's weird. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they keep coming back to him being an engineer and not a soldier, like throughout the episode. Mm hmm. Then they need a new plasma manifold to fix the thing that shot all the gas all over them, and the station can't do it, replicate it because the beta matrix alloy or whatever. So they got to go to the Travas system where there's they just this is the first mention. Oh yeah, by the way, there's another Deep Space Nine, Terak Nor, and the Dominion has lost interest in that sector, so we can just go over and get some stuff, no problem. And it's like, well, actually we can't because when the Cardassians shuttle a station or a ship, they leave booby traps all over it for non-Cardassians to get vaporized or just get fucked up once they step on. So they're like, well, shit, where are we going to get a Cardassian? Oh, cut to Garrick. And we're like, how the fuck did Cisco convince you to come on this mission? And he's like, uh, like, did he persuade you? Like, no, he bribed me. <laughs> Just setting up that Cisco is a guy that'll do the shit to get shit done, I guess. But he really just gives him like like a what, they gonna like give him another they gonna like move in the walls on the adjacent right. the shop or yeah, something. Yeah, they give him a larger space for his shop because because so, he needs a new 3D printer, like a <laughs> yeah, bigger basically. 3D printer, uh, but an industrial one, so it's bigger. No, uh, yeah, and that's when he gives the like, man, everybody's being nice to me. They trust me. It's very unnerving, and then. O'Brien's like, well, I'll never invite you over to dinner because I'm racist. It's like, that makes me happy. And then they kind of key into like, we're going to do a lower decks and they have all machete and stovetop and the whole amaretto. (laughs) There is a, there is this moment where it's like, cause you're so used to like, you know, every time that they do something like, you know, there's, 
10 characters on scene, but, but the only people are talking are the ones we know. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the other ones start talking. You're like, whoa, what <laughs> no, are they doing? Whoa. This is weird. I guess extra- that was the, the... So, like, early on, you're right, in the first... Before the credits roll, I'm into this episode because I like it. They're in this like they're gonna go to this like you know they're on a they're on a high risk mission to to get like parts. That's fine. And there's lower deck shit. And they're like, okay, I like the fact that we get to meet these little people. Yeah, it doesn't go side. It really if if you to watch how it unfolds and mm-hmm. it clicks along, it really isn't a problem until Garrick starts talking to Bashir. I mean O'Brien about. How he is. The game is, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I felt like when I, I was like, ooh, it would be nice if this episode isn't just uh, everybody walking through dark hallways and getting picked off. Because yeah. you're meeting, you're meeting them like a, like it's a horror movie, yeah. you know, like the, their kids go into the, the to their, uh, to one of camp, them's yeah. mom's camp, yeah. like, uh, so they can have sex and take drugs. <laughs> right, right. And they're going to get picked off one by one by a uh, Cardassian Jason, but I, I was like, that'd be a shame if that's what the episode turns out to be. <laughs> oh, sorry, it, sorry. Dude. It, it, well, well, you read the room right on that one. I read, I read the red room too wrong. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Nog is bad at Kotra because Ferengis are always regrouping to protect their assets, and it's like, you can't do that. You got to fucking attack, right, O'Brien? Because you're the hero of Setlick Three, where you. You know, rushed the barracks of uh, the Barica encampment and killed a bunch of Klingons, and and he's egging them on the whole time. Which it's kind of like, all right, give it a rest. But at the same time, Garrick is a guy who pushes people's buttons. Yeah, it's in character. Yeah, yeah. nobody's saying it's not in character. I'm just saying, like it, that scene was even fine too. Yeah, that one was okay he could, too. He could, like, he could try to push his buttons for for some unknown reason, but yeah. Or just because that's his character, I would have been completely fine with that. It's the fact that it doesn't pay off well within O'Brien himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did like. I do like. Here's what it. It's because of the scene later where Nog asks him, "Why does he keep bringing this up?" And he's like, "Oh, he's just trying to get him in his skin." Yeah. Like, yeah. like it was like O'Brien was like privy to this shit the whole time. Like, <laughs> no, no. Like that's what uh, Garrick tries. It tries to do it and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. tries to do it again and it doesn't work. And then he tries to do it after murdering people and it doesn't work. <laughs> like that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was like if O'Brien at the end said, my skin can't be got under. (laughs) (laughs) Bulletproof motherfucker. Uh, Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Luke Cage. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then they they get to the station and Pachetti, Spaghetti, Machete Mm -hmm. uh, is in the, he's like, if we can get some, uh, they have the must have items they need that could use items and the the would be nice. And then that's when we set up the Pachetti is into uh, getting trinkets. He's greedy. That's a <laughs> that's a vice. And like any horror movie, he's got that little vice that he's into. He's gonna have to die for it's, it. It's not a greed. He was just he was trying to find like the Cardassian Morgan silver dollars. Right, I mean, right, like right. like he just he was he was just he, he he had a nice collection. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> he wasn't like Rebel Stiltskin. No, no. But then later, I mean, he brings. But it, at a point, he's like, oh, I, I hope I can kill a Cardassian just to get one of them things. And then he's His like, dream is to be on the Starfleet Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We've seen countless numbers of treasures that would be a perfect fit for many a costume drama. We've chosen several to show you now, like this very fine Tiffany yeah, lamp. They, and they get to the, the, how can you tell the difference between Impact Noir and Deep Space Nine? Well, it's just tilted on its axis a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> First impulse of me was like, 
they're in space. There is no horizon. What the fuck difference does it make? <laughs> I was like, at, when they were coming up on it and it was tilted, I was kind of like, why don't you just tilt the ship a little bit? <laughs> like your gravity is centered to the ship, right? <laughs> so just right. tilt it a little. You'll be fine. And it'll look normal. But at the same time, it's kind of a cool, it looks cool. You know, it looks cool when you turn it sideways. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it's, you know, cause even in the galaxy, everything's spinning on a disc kind of in a, revolution so if maybe it's tilted on its axis like the earth going around like maybe but it doesn't matter you can still just tilt the shift because you got artificial gravity yes, this is true there's no there's no point in and also like if they had abandoned the ship they would have turned the power off which would have turned the artificial gravity off oh but they so. did turn that's actually in this episode the artificial what yeah they're, they're coming up and they're like we can't teleport in because garrick's like you can't do that they'll phase descramble and you'll just die so we need to dock and there's well we can dock on the upper pylons and nog is like i'll go go in first because he's chomping at the bit being a good yeah. soldier and the, and garrick yeah is he'll like, trip wire a thing but right and garrick is like no i have to do it because i'm cardassian and it's key to dna and i'll be able to do it and he gets in a spacesuit floats into the docking bay and turns on the gravity. He gets into the thing, oh. flips a switch, and there's floating debris that falls to the ground when he turns it on. So, uh, okay. So that's, I mean, I noticed that the second time through, I was like, oh, oh. for once oh, okay. they point out the artificial gravity and turn the switch and have floating things that dropped, which is good that that's something Star Trek doesn't usually do, honestly. Unless, yeah, they really just, they really sort of spin yeah. through it. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. Okay. I noticed that it was like, oh, it it visually was different. Like he was in a little yeah, space. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they looked like they were doing some stuff with lighting and stuff. Well, I mean, there was no lighting in this episode, <laughs> but like, but he was in a little lit up helmet, and it was like visually it looked different than your normal. Yeah, and he turns on the f- switch. The gravity turns on. Things fall, and then we see these stasis tubes in the infirmary light up and dum dum dum. It's the thing. It's the alien. It's the oh yeah, yeah that's familiar. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that James was said at the beginning. It's like it feels familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I'm not going to disagree with that. You know, and it yeah. felt so familiar that O'Brien was pretty nonplussed about it all too. As oh yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah he's like, he, familiar enough. We got to kill it. Look. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, Garrick is they split up to to go look for things. Stovetop and Machete are going one way for the must-haves, and Amara and Bakta and Garrick are going somewhere else. And just like fucking uh, horror space movie, Garrick puts his hand in some goo. Like, what is this? And then they find, like, a skeleton. One of the stasis pods is broken. You know, like, one of the eggs is broken, and, and then two of them have aliens in them, basically. They got loose. Yeah. And then the, uh, Amaro finds a a regimental badge of the third battalion first order and it's like oh because those are badasses i guess in the kardashian military but whatever yeah to the point yeah it was they're a bit infamous yeah death to all was their motto like oh yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that's pretty uh, pithy yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Not like, <laughs> that's kind of like troops you know i don't know they <laughs> right, right. search and destroy or whatever yeah they got yeah yeah death before dishonor Three words, they and they be like, yeah, those three words are scary. They say something along those lines. Yeah, uh, and then they throw a lot of techno babble. Like, and there's so much. There's a lot of techno babble. Like, oh, you need a flux capacitor or flux decompiler and a 
subspace transceiver. We need to get that ripped out to uh, radio back home and the deflector grid modified for the field coils and covariant pulses. We can send out an SOS. And the point, and you know, it's like, oh, techno bad wall, who cares? But it's it's kind of hammering home that they're all engineers. It's like except for not- two of them that are security officers. No, there's two of them that are security and, and two of them are engineers. No, they're all they they're all that- they're all in the no no they're not because one gets killed because they don't he doesn't even know what the tool is. Garrett kills him with a like no two I think of them are, dumb, are security officers. I, they were all wearing yellow, like all of them except yeah, for yeah. That's what security officers wear. The engineering wears yellow. Yes, Ed Engi- Ed, security wears yes, red. and so does no security, security wears Ed security Ed, officers wear yellow. Oh, do they? Yeah, Eddington wore Eddington yellow. Eddington wore yellow. Oh, you're right. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, no, two of two of them were security and two of them were engineers. Okay, but that's all yellow, I guess. But that's why when the guy got killed by Garrick, he was like, "You, that's this isn't even a spanner. This is a something else." It's because he was a security guy. Okay, I, I thought he was just a. I just thought he was a dumb engineer. I forgot that they all wear the same colors. I was like, "Oh, they're all wearing the same color. They're all engineers." No, it took me a second viewing to realize that because they there was an offhand thing. It's like you. Just fix it, and we'll watch your back. Is what it said. It was what it said. Yeah, I mean that one guy was definitely just the guy that was like, "I want to kill some Cardassians," and I, I did pick up on that, but I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. He probably, he may have been security. I just I forgot. No, because he's talked about his training and the academy and all that shit. All of his badass hand to hand combat and the old gal was her sparring partner. Oh yeah, there was that was all in the background, and it was that yeah. didn't bother me too. It was like them them having talks because i mean this is pretty cliche i just for once i'd like for somebody to have to work work with somebody that they went to the academy with and they they hated like yeah, right <laughs> yeah stolkoff or stoltzoff and amaro were security officers pachetti and uh mata barber was yeah, uh, yeah. mata the barber yes yes was, Mott's ne- uh, nephew. engineering yeah, yeah my Mott's nephew was engineering. <laughs> right. nephew was actually on weeds he was the dad huh. on weeds you guys are watching oh, really? yeah one of the kids on yeah i should have watched weeds nah I you should not you're not missing you're, a lot I mean, it's fine. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to really do it. I just, <laughs> it's, one of those, it's long gone. If you want to, if you're, you know. I mean, I like I liked the creator of that show, I guess. Yeah. Jinji Cohan, she's yeah. fine. I like. And she's I, done do, doing better. Like, she learned some stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, yeah. I like Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, I like her too. And, he was, uh, uh, Pachetti was in uh, Revenge of the Nerds too. And you now I'm trying to remember where. But he was in Revenge of the Nerds, too. Okay. Probably as a jock. And he was in Lucas, which is a movie I watched a lot as a kid. And that's oh, where geez. And that's where Charlie Sheen... That was the movie where in the behind the scenes, Charlie Sheen raped... Uh, Ooh. Corey Haim. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, boy. I know. I just, <laughs> uh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> we don't want the rules of acquisition to get... <laughs> get, get attacked by tiger blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, so basically, these guys start getting picked off on the ship, and eventually, we figure out that Garrick has got contaminated with the same right goofy medicine that makes them all go crazy. More, more xenophobe. But what is the wording exactly? Brings out their xenophobic tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Not to mention that the only person that says a racial slur in this is a Federation officer. So yeah. Uh-huh. No, that, I mean, Garrick says one. What does he say? He says, come on, O'Brien, do you want to kill some Cardies? Just like the old days. Yeah, I guess he says that, yeah. But Amaro's the one that says, or is it Amaro that says Spoonhead? Well, it's not a slur when he (laughs) says that. Yeah, that's true, that's true. 
<laughs> it's like a Kendrick verse. It's not racist until you repeat it. Kill a few cotton. Let me tell you this Chris Rock joke. No, sorry. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> they had to have diversity training. <laughs> right. Alexis <laughs> got sitting through oh my diversity God. training. He's like, Stanley's like, shit. no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, Garrick, he's a little slow to go full, full Skeletor or, or full crazy bad guy. First, he's just like kind of getting a taste for it, you know, like he's going off to kill the uh, the other Cardassians, and because Bakta is scared to go off by himself, and O'Brien's like, "Well, I'll send Garrick with you. Will that make you feel better?" And Garrick's like, "I ain't going. I'm gonna go kill some motherfuckers." And it's like O'Brien is like, "Hey, man, you're just a tailor," and this is kind of like the theme of the episode. He, people defining who they are. And it's like, well, he might be a tailor, but now that he's gotten infected with this psychotropic drug. Psychotropic drug. He's, he's a, I'm not a tailor, not right now or something. And he goes off and he kills a Cardassian. And then, then he's like, you can see that he gets to enjoy it a little bit. And then he, he's going to go kill the, uh, the other Cardassian. And it kills Bakta by stomping on him somehow. And then, he kills the one guy, and Amaro's like, oh, thanks for saving me, but he's got, he's crazy with it now, and he kills a guy and stabs him, and he's like, because Amaro was asking for a flux something or something, and he's like, that wasn't a coil spanner. It was a flux coupler. A flux coupler. And now you're going to die. And he stabs him and kills him. And after that is when it kind of goes off the rails for me. Yeah. 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 I guess it gets to be the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, you're just dying to kill a Cardassian. Like, a Cardi is like, come be the hero of Setlick 3. Okay. So it's not that he just loses his shit. It's like he envelops every fucking trope of a villain in a movie ever. He monologues over the walkie-talkie the whole time. Yeah. He, he references everything that they're doing as a game. Which is also a cliche. Right. He <laughs> takes. That's why they put the game in the first act so it would go off in the third. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's Chekhov's Katra. Uh, then they. He does the ridiculous thing of like staging a, like a ritual murder where he puts all the bodies and like hangs them up while also yeah. like yeah. having not like I just like it's just it was one of those where it's like this is a lot of work. Like every time you watch one of those like Hannibal movies, you're like, this is a fucking lot of work to like go through. How did this man do this? Why did this man do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't even I can't I don't even like loading my dishwasher, much less having to <laughs> string up four dead bodies from a third store. Like That's it's just, it's, 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 he's doing what he loves at that point. It's like this, he's getting off on it. I just, I mean, it's not great. And so, are we supposed to think that this is like Garrick's true self is like a serial killer? Or did it make him a. No, I think they're pretty clear that it's the drug doing it, not him. And that's why he gets off. Yeah. Psychotropic drug. So, why, why did it make him this? Uh, very like it just it, it was like well I get why the drug would make them rage out but to make them a ritual like like where it had the like the reason why that the reason why is because Andrew Robinson said more Garrick <laughs> yeah yeah so. and it, and it ends up pissing him off because what he ended up getting was you know because there's the story of Andrew Robinson's career is that he was ruined because he played Scorpio and. Dirty Harry and he couldn't no one would cast him for anything else because they always just viewed him as a typecast in that role and so it it took him decades and basically an entire personality 
shift in what he wanted to do to get other roles, and he had to hide behind Garrick makeup to get a substantial role. And <laughs> like, now, now he's literally just doing dumb, like dirty, hairy villain shit by the end of the yeah, It's like, that's what you get for being the diva, I yeah. guess. Like, <laughs> I, I demand more. It's like, all right, motherfucker, I'll give it to you. I'll give you exactly. I'll be the Scorpio killer here or whatever. <laughs> Zodiac. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that was the part where it was just at the end. It was like, so how are we like the whole time? And I'm like, this is like, how do you go back from this? Well, like, how do you like that? That was the thing. It just went so extreme and without any real payoff because O'Brien is. It's pretty much nonplussed about it all. Yeah, he's nonplussed about the, and that's the whole thing about O'Brien. Like, there's no real internal struggle. It's all just a series of problems that he has to deal with in the moment. Yeah, and he gets the most frustrated when he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I've, I've lost four guys." It's like me playing Mario Tennis or something. Like, I I've just lost four matches in a row. I just need to do something different. Fuck it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be. Luigi instead of Yoshi, <laughs> you know, he's just trying to, he gets so frustrated that he has to like try a different tact. It's not like a moment, a character moment. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's right. not really searching his soul. Like, well, am I, right. am I a murderous killer? Am I right? Like yeah. none of that really affected him. I, I kind of like that because Garrick is trying to tip him off. He's like, I know who you are. And especially after Garrick gets a bloodlust, he's like, you want revenge. I know what you're like. I mean, and that's a normal response. If you killed four of my friends, I might want revenge. And he's like, look, man, you keep saying I'm a soldier, but I'm not. I know my shit. Like I can, I can make a little, a remote bomb to surprise you, but that's not because I'm a soldier. It's because I'm an engineer. He said, you know, like, hey, motherfucker, I'm an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that he's like, Look, man, you're trying to tell tell me who I am, and that I'm a guy who likes getting off on killing people for revenge and stuff. But I'm really not. I'm a guy that's that shit haunted me to an extent because you never really get past it. You know, like he's like, "You were a hero, weren't you?" It's like, "Well, yeah, but it was tough, man. I didn't like being in that shit." Like, because yeah, when Nog says something like, "Hey, you were in the shit, right? You're a hero." Like, yeah, but I don't like to think about it, man. It sucked. <laughs> And then his refusal to play Garrick's games, I like that about him, about the, him in this episode. But, I mean, you do, I guess, have a point for dramatic. Yeah, I mean, but the, the thing, I, yeah, I liked it. it. It's like, you know, we know O'Brien. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything outside of his normal parameters. And he was affable and hardworking and earnest. And when it push comes to shove, he did what it took to get the job done, like get get through the day. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's all likable stuff. But yeah, I mean, I I guess I can see where where you might feel like it's not really dynamic enough, and you want a more shit going on, more from, interesting episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, okay. So now we've looked, and I'm trying to think. We Garrick has went off the ship four times, right? And <laughs> he's become a fucking liability three of those four times. You kind of get the idea of why he was <laughs> exiled in the first place. He like, really is trouble. Like, he really is... The first time... Well, he was he an asset when tortures, he got... He tortures Odo near to near death. Right. The second time, he almost blows up a fucking planet, which they sh- totally should have let him do, but still. <laughs> and then the third one, he does a good thing. He gets him off the, the prison planet. Right. And yeah, then there's you. this. He literally kills two Starfleet officers. No, no, he kills one Starfleet officer. The other Cardassian kills Bakta. The other three, yeah. And then 
he okay. He well, I thought he stabbed one and then killed the and then shot the other. No, he shot a Cardassian after the Cardassian killed the Motha Barbers. Maybe son. okay. Okay. He only killed so anyway, one, that's what it was. So, yeah. So he cold butter killed and then uh, then held a cadet hostage at gunpoint. <laughs> right. Right. But then, mutilated the bodies of all of the people who died, and mutilated or just hung them up. By, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And tra- like, I mean, if he had his druthers, he would end up killing Nog and O'Brien. Right. Yes. And I mean, it's so, arguable. So you have you say so you have murder, a murder, mutilation, uh, uh, kidnapping, attempted murder. But yeah. I mean, you could make the case if. If I were his lawyer in his inquest, for instance, I would make the case like he was fighting this drug that was making him a killer. And he says in this, he wanted to pull the trigger to kill Nog, but he had to fight that impulse. And he did successfully. Well, who among us have in the Star Trek universe hasn't been taken over by some psychotropic exactly. drug or <laughs> space <laughs> entity space, or space villain? I mean, or... Remember when Bashir, Bashir got possessed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's not exactly going to be casting, throwing rocks at glass houses, is <laughs> right? <he? laughs> but I mean, I bet this did push the boundaries of the mind control caveat in Federation law. But I bet he had a good lawyer that made it work for him. But it is it is just, and they always do that at the. I don't know. Like at some point, they're just like, can't someone even just Avery Brooks just or uh, Cisco say? I mean, we're not saying it's your fault. We're just not going to have you around anymore. (laughs) Well, one, it might not be up to the Federation. It'd be a major decision, right? And two, where else is there they going to send them? If they send them back to Cardassia, that's a death sentence, so they're kind of stuck with them, right? If they're going to live by their Federation principles. I guess they could send them to a... To a jail, planet, <laughs> yeah, like a they could do anything. Planet. Yeah, they've they done that do for stuff. nine months or whatever before. And I doubt that Bajor is super cool with Garrick. So. No, but <laughs> he gets back, and they just elide right past the "How do we get off the station?" Because they've cleared the danger, they can set up the techno babble thing to get their SOS out, and they do it, and they get back. And he's clearly remorseful when he's in Bashir's, <laughs> and also, you know. Uh, O'Brien is talking to Bashir. He's like, "Oh, it's hard to believe that he's the same person who attacked us." And this is uh, Julian Bashir is covering for his boo. <laughs> he's like, "No, he was a different person." I'm, and so, <laughs> no, he's covering for his boyfriend. And so, in that inquest, he probably was a character witness. Is or, he? Uh, is he? Yeah, he's, is he? Garrick is not like. What the fuck is this like? Okay, so this is what the, the things that this show does sometimes that make, drives me fucking crazy. Is so you have this unstated shit that surrounds Garrick. That hey, he's a dangerous motherfucker. He's near sociopath at times. He's had a bad family and all this stuff. You can sympathize with him, and he's finally found friends. But he's a crazy motherfucker who did a lot of dark, dirty fucking shit, and still has still a doing. Yeah, still has a tendency to keep doing dark, dirty. Shit. But they've isolated a drug in this instance. And, and, but it, that was always unsaid. No, it's clearly and, said. It's like a drug. But it was always said that it was unsaid. And so in this episode, even when like O'Brien goes and says, that doesn't look like the look of a, the face of a tailor. Is that supposed to be a revelation? He's never been a fucking tailor. That's bullshit. Like, <laughs> you've known that. Well, and been and little, then, yeah, in this episode, that's not the face of the tailor. I think is saying that he's been triggered, and he's but he's on. never had the face of a tailor. He's always been a dirty motherfucker. Well, I don't know what to tell you. He's always been a cop. Like he's always he's, been a fucking fed. But when he's when when O'Brien says you look different, 
it's because he is a little bit different because he's got this psychotropic drug. Psychotropic drug. I understand that, but in the history of the show, that line doesn't mean anything because he's tortured Odo. He's done a fucking ton, fuck ton of shit and tried to blow up a planet by, by, by uh, like trying to like take down and kill Worf. He's done a lot of other well, stuff too. And to the, to the show's credit that they, they make a, like, oh, there's a whole scene where Garrick is like, it's fucking crazy that people are comfortable around me. Around. What's the matter? Well, it's just that lately I've noticed everyone seems to trust me. It's quite unnerving. I'm still trying to get. Tr- I know, I know. And then, but then so, it's like it makes O'Brien look stupid when he goes like, "That's not the look of a tailor." Like, like well, he's never like, been a tailor. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, that line is just there to say that he's. It's just showing that he's in this episode. Right. It's shorthand. It's, it's shorthand that something's yeah wrong with him. And but at the it, end, it's one of those things where you can have a smart show has things that are unsaid, but when it's time to say them, it don't it doesn't come as a surprise to the people. Like it wasn't. As, but, well, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't surprised by it, but I mean, I don't know. And then at the end, it makes O'Brien look stupid. I think is my point. Well, okay. Yeah. But, and it makes everybody in Starfleet stupid that they keep sending this guy on missions. But they make a point in this episode. They make it explicit that he... Psychotropic drug that they're very dramatic about. Psychotropic drug. And then at the end, Bashir is covering for his boyfriend when he says, well, he wasn't the same person. And he says, I've isolated this fucking drug that made him crazy. And that's why he was killing people. And Well, the, the show is never... I mean, this, it's always clear that it's the drug that's making right, him right. kill people. And that's just like... So I didn't need yet. that. I didn't need that scene. It's clear. Well, I feel like you did because... Well, I mean, I did because you still got to throw some bones to at least name check that there's, you know, that one that he's not totally culpable, that by the logic of the show, it was the drug and not just him. And then also there's going to be an inquest. O'Brien tells him and he's like, yeah, I... I there should be. And then he's like, I feel awful about killing that dude. Tell his wife I'm sorry. Uh, I won't because, yeah, she doesn't want to hear that. You, you know what? It, you know, what, you know what, like, would have been kind of fun if in that scene, like, O'Brien tells him there's going to be an inquest and, and Gary goes, yeah, I guess there should be. And O'Brien says, and I'm testifying against you because you're a fucking mess and you need to get <laughs> off the ship. That would be. How many times do our shit have to get fucking unraveled every time because you have a fucking whoopsie? You know what? <laughs> if this were Battlestar Galactica, they would have totally done that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I would have said, finally, somebody on this show is not a goddamn moron. Right. But, you know. <laughs> this, yeah. yeah. So so that would have. I mean, I get it that Garrick's fine. You know, it, it's potential. I mean, I'm just spitballing here that maybe in a later episode, Garrick ends up uh, killing someone uh, and, and and someone goes, we, we, we didn't expect you to kill someone. And he goes, why? Why didn't you? <laughs> like, right, right. I'm right. clearly a fucking crazy motherfucker. And I have a feeling later at some point, somebody that was in this episode says, last time I turned my back on you, you were killing motherfuckers. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> like they bring this up again. This doesn't get dropped. I mean. He gets off scot-free, doesn't go to jail or anything, but this does get at least get referenced later on. And I think they come back to Impognor with Iggy Pop. Oh, Impognor plays a huge part yeah. in the next season. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, probably. Yeah. I, I know at yeah. least one other episode that you takes are, place You are, remember? Because I yeah. thought we were going to see a certain 
person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Today, like I was like, oh, Impact Noir. Yes, this no, uh, one yeah. particular <laughs> thing, and then it, it happened. No, no, I'm like, oh yeah. yeah, they go back. Yeah, yeah, they go back, and it's. A, I mean, it's a. It's a it's a big key thing. So yeah, what else? You are guys, say? okay. Well, let's we wrapped it up. I think we really dug deep on. Uh, we salvaged all we could from this this old station. <laughs> I feel like we salvaged what we needed to, to get the things working. Mm. What did you guys think? <laughs> what did you guys think on your own personal rewatch meter? Uh, I mean, you know, as much as I was defending it, it's not going to be super high unless I'm like, oh, let me watch these Brian Fuller episodes, I guess. I'd put it like a six, probably. Six. I would probably put it about a six. Like, it, it's enjoyable enough for me to, like, have on in the background. Mm-hmm. And I like all the eyebrow raising and Garrick's breaking a sweat and being crazy (laughs) as far as entertainment goes. Like, I think that the plot unfolds, like you get from one scene to the next efficiently. I always find that so satisfying. Mm -hmm. It's just too bad. The character stuff doesn't pay off. Yeah. And that third act, it gets like the music, even like the soundtrack gets really like heavy handed. And their lines, they're playing them at like, 10 when instead of dropping down to be subtle about them at all. I think the I think the sister ships episodes where you turn off all the lights are kind of neat. I like yeah. to see red shirts get murdered right, right. even when they're gold shirts. You know, it's sure. it hits it's it's more Star Trekky than than I think Deep Space 9 gets, you know, typically. There's not a whole lot of talking in rooms. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I will say that like I never try to do these like cultivated watch list things. Right. But like if you were going to a uh right. this would only be key in my thinking this would only be key if you were going to do a Nog's Bildungsroman oh, yeah, yeah. arc. I mean, I think that this would very like, yes. yeah, like uh, Nog learns life lessons kind of shit, or yeah. you know, like he learns about the war. Um, and I mean, we shouldn't be nice to Nog now because he is our. I mean, what is he? He's he's the new uh, chief competition we have as a podcast about Deep Space Nine. Oh, did he start? A- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and him and some other fucker has. Oh, a, he like, started a fuck, got fucking West Wing Weekly, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, uh, <laughs> Alpha Quadrant, I believe, uh, is okay. what it's called. Oh, good, good fuck for him. him. Yeah, no, like, it's good. It's fine. We, I mean, I didn't know about it, but you, now you're advertising it on our own podcast. You don't follow Aaron Eisenberg on Twitter? I, I don't either. You should. Oh, man, you outed me. I don't. I should. I mean, he's, he's a good egg. I like him. He basically just tweets about his podcast and uh, Trump, how dare you? He does okay. it a lot. So he's like every other Star Trek person, except he has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's not a Star Trek person that doesn't tweet routinely about Trump out there. Except for Shatner. Well, (laughs) yeah. The, uh, the good people of IMDb, do you, where do you guys think they think of this? Um, I think they like going to Impact Noir. I think they probably like it because it's different. I'm going to go 7.7, which I've been floating at a lot last few weeks, but. I'll go 7.4. Yeah, Wade hit it. We're getting oh, right fuck. in his sweets by 7.7. Yeah, 7, 795 votes. They like it, like, f- just a hair better than last week's Blaze of Glory, yeah. which was a 7.6. That's yeah, pretty it, amazing. Yeah. You found your swing on these. Yeah, I have. Yeah, he, he really has. He's got a feel <laughs> for what they're... I will say I like Blaze of Glory better than this one, but... 
Yeah. I do. I, I may do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I was really. I, I do not. <laughs> right. I do not. I'll watch Garrick ham it up and get sweaty and kill a bunch of fuckers <laughs> over Michael Eddington's shit eating grin, you know, 44. If, if character talked about a lucky loony for a while <laughs> <laughs> and how good sweet corn tastes. Uh, our next episode is, uh, I think, a divisive episode. Oh. But I watched the first five minutes and I, I had a revelation. Basically, I just love Cisco, uh-huh. and maybe I only love Cisco. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we were we were worried. Wait a minute, James doesn't like Star Trek anymore. Oh, uh, next week is in the cards, right? Yeah, it's a baseball yeah, yeah. episode. I it's that is another that continues our theme of sequels to episodes nobody asked for sequels for. This is a sequel to the Stenbolts episode, self sealing Stenbolts episode. Yes, and nobody needed that. However, it is it is consequential because like big shit happens in it, right? Yes. Oh. However, and it is sort of a, a farewell to a to the end of an era. Everybody's innocence post this episode is lost. Yeah. This is like the last oh. days of summer for these two. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's cast as that where it's like an idyllic sort of misdirection before. You know, you yeah. shit, this, everything hits. Well, we'll, we'll unpack all of that mm-hmm. next oh, week okay. on another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. I will say this one thing, I, uh, just real quickly, because I'm probably going to have a thousand other thoughts, but the one thought I had for I watched the first five minutes is that Avery Brooks is the only, after all, we give him a lot of shit for his acting, but he's the only actor. I don't. I, I do. Uh, yeah. I think, he, I I think he's fantastic. But he's the only actor who plays his character. Okay, so like the standard way that a Star Trek actor plays his character is that they have their type. Uh, O'Brien is shy and stupid. Stoic, uh, Bashir's a braggart, uh, uh, Dax is full of joie de vivre. And when their character starts, they kind of like just upload that program. Right. It's yeah. like now I'm this. But Avery Brooks really does feel like his character is on a day to day continuum of real life. Like he's having a shitty day or a good day or a bad mm-hmm. day or a, like Absolutely. he's the only one that comes into scenes like. You feel like he's been living outside of the scene too. Yeah. That, that like uh, before this scene happened, his mind was occupied with a bunch of other shit. Like he didn't mm-hmm. just upload this program. That's why I'm, when he was talking about he, Michael Eddington's shit being in the assay's office, that was felt so real to me in a way that you know that he probably spent, I mean, he probably knows exactly the process for that in a way. Yeah. Like, and so there's this scene where he's the next episode opened up with a scene where they're all trying not to talk about what we talked about in the last episode about how they're clearly at war and they're just acting like they're not. And everybody's trying. He's like, I don't want anybody to talk about the war, talk about anything else. And everybody's like, we don't have shit to talk about. Like, this is the only thing we're thinking about. And that was like so disappointing to him. And and it was like, I, I feel that like. I can feel the the 10 hours that happened to led him to this point. I feel like I could, I understand his emotional state before the scene happens. And I don't think that's true with any other character on this show. Okay. They're just (laughs) uploading their character program ready for the events of the episode. It's sort of. Maybe Armin Shimmerman. Maybe Armin Shimmerman does. Quark always seems like a lot of shit's going on with him every time. You know what? And whenever we get to the wedding, our, oh, we, yeah. we've got a lot to yeah, talk about. Yeah. But I think that that is, yes, we need to wrap this episode up. But yeah. Armin Shimmerman is on that same level with his character development. Yeah. That he's well, got. I think yes. it's just his character is, he's always got a scheme and. Armin Shimmerman knows that about his character. He's got a gentle side to him that mm-hmm. sometimes comes out, and he's just got like you. you Quark contains multitudes. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. Get that, like, you, and he's one of the few characters that in 
all of Star Trek you get that feeling from just by its characterization. Yeah, like Armin Sh- Armin Shimmerman and Avery Brooks are the only people that seems like their characters could have had a strange altercation at the laundromat that morning, <laughs> and they're still kind of chewing it over when the show starts. <laughs> like, right. and that where the other characters are, don't, you know. Hmm. But yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> two characters that are barely in this episode, but no, we, it's fun. To think yeah, about. yeah. It's the realization I had as the as the episode lapped <laughs> right. before I got off my ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, yeah. So, all right, Wade, we should outro this thing, all right? Uh, yeah, I guess we should. So, yeah, give us a call. <laughs> I promise we listen to them and we want to hear them and we will use them. So, give us your call about what you think about what you think at. 917-408-3898 or shoot us an email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com or uh, join the conversation over on our Discord chat. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yes. A lot of the people that used to call in more are having conversations over there. You can do that by becoming a patron at our Patreon at patreon.com slash kickersofelves. Where we also try to provide, you know, we have a lot of other audio content over there. We've got uh, all the stuff you've heard about at the end of every other episode of this podcast for a while. If you've been listening to things other than this episode, much of doing about nothing and what movies we've seen and a lot of other stuff that you can listen to at patreon.com slash kickers of elves. So, yeah, yep, yep. that about covers it. I think. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. For James Wade and myself, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917 408 3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.